Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. All right, everybody, welcome to an emergency episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Vlogger on Twitter. I am here with uh, two of my favorite co-hosts, Evan Hill at Evan in SEA on Twitter, and Jeff Simmons wearing what looks to be a Springs jersey. Oh, that's oh, Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway jersey. Very solid. Very solid. Uh, at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. So the, the draft uh, completed. We'll definitely talk a little bit about that. We've been talking about the draft every day during the draft. We have some thoughts there. But folks, um, let's talk about the most recent news. Uh, catch us up a little bit. Um, uh, Jeff, uh, you want to fill us in on on where things are news-wise? So I just, if you haven't looked at Twitter yet, um, two major pieces of information just came out. The first was that DJ Fluker announced on Twitter that he has been officially released by the team. He uh, gave his best words to John and Pete, and he said he did got a phone call from them today. That coincides right with Damian Lewis being drafted as a high-priority pick. When the three of us talked after this, we all wondered if that was signaling something else. And before we got on, I think it was Aaron Fentress. Yep. From the Athletic is now reporting as well that Justin Britt, the center, is also going to be released. And we've spent all offseason speculating that decision. And Evan will get into the cap implications. But it looks like two major cap moves have come out, which seems to signal that something else is coming. Because why now? Well, with the Fluker thing, it could have just been Lewis, but the fact that it's both of them, that has to mean something. The timing of this is too, too obvious. Evan, how do you feel, dude? 
I'm excited right now. This I'm I'm more excited about these moves than I am anything that happened from the draft. Obviously, these moves I think are related, and you know, due to the drafting of um, Damian Lewis. But this is what we've been clamming clamoring for for months. Like Justin Britt is going to or was going to be the highest, you know, third highest paid center in the in the NFL come 2020 if he wasn't cut. Uh, I, I think we all agree that his play is probably nowhere near a top three center. He's not bad. He's a decent center, but I don't think his, his play justifies the salary he was going to make, you know, with some big, you know, potential free agents who, who could walk like Jadavian Clowney money was a little bit tighter as we got, uh, you know, further through free agency. This, this is a big deal. I, I'm more excited. I think though, about, the Justin Brick cut than I am the DJ Fluker cut. I know there's a lot of hype around Damian Lewis, but what I think this means is that BJ Finney is your new starting center. And if, if you've been watching closely from what Pittsburgh fans have said about him, he's a much better center than he is guard. So I think this is, you know, Nathan joining the show right now is excellent timing because he's been clamoring for this Justin Brick cut for, for what seems like months now. So I, I think this is, th- these are excellent moves. Could it be happier? Yeah. Yeah. And welcome to the show. Uh, Nathan Ernst at Nathan 11. It is always impressive when someone who has kids is able to on a Sunday, right around dinner-ish or preparing for dinner's time can hop on a pod. I like your priorities, if nothing else. Uh, all thanks to my wife on that one. She uh, makes all of this possible for me. So yeah, well, I feel that man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, what we know right now, just to recap, and I want to get your, your take on this, Nathan. What we know is that GJ Fluker has been released. He said it. <laughs> we heard it from him. There has been a report from Aaron Fentress. There's been a report from a few different people, including some people citing personal sources that are not verified accounts, and we don't know, you know, for sure whether they knew. Um, guessing, it's hard to say. And now we have a verified, uh, you know, reporter, Aaron Fentress, who is saying he has heard that Justin Britt has also been released. So, assuming that both those things are true, Nathan, what are your initial thoughts? Um, uh, I guess, I mean, it's a little bit of just kind of like about time, right? Like this is something that we've been, I mean, Fluker is a little bit more of a surprise, but we've also been talking about how crazy loaded they are, right? Just in terms of depth, at least at the guard position. Um, so it's not crazy to see him get cut. Um, and then, you know, Britt, we've been talking about this for a while. They signed Finney, which was, it seemed to indicate he was on the way out. Um, and so now they're really, the, the big question is just why now? What's, what? What do they need to do these moves for right now? What's changed? Um, and I, I think the obvious speculation is Clowney or maybe Griffin. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's I want to get right into speculation on that front too. Um, I think there's also worth talking about who might else, who else might be on this chopping block? You know, are they done? Is this it? Um, I'll just say, let's assume for a second the Brit news is real. One, Hallelujah! Like when we were doing this show back, however many months ago, I think that was my number one move that I wanted this, this team to do, and it was not the number one move I thought they would do. I thought there was a really good chance that they would stick with mediocre, pay him like he was a star, and really hamstring their ability to move that cap space somewhere else on this team where they really need to move it. And the fact that they're doing that, I mean. 
I'm just, I really am happy about it. I, I like appreciate it as a fan. I'm just so thankful to not be paying $10 million for mediocre play at center. Like even mediocre play at right tackle, I could maybe handle <laughs> for that. But like at center, it's inexcusable. So um, that's just a really big sign of growth for this team to be able to do that. And the fact that it looks like the guy that's going to replace him, BJ Finney, is more of a pass protector than a run blocker is a pretty damn good double dip there, right? Like cut dead weight, bring in a cheaper, better pass protecting center. Like that's a that's a really good pair of moves for this team in the offseason. And I, I just wanted to take a second to recognize uh, what was not necessarily a certainty to happen. This must mean they are super, I mean, this is the obvious, but they must be super, super excited about Damian Lewis. I mean, is it, uh, is it unrealistic to say that right now our gut reaction, Damian Lewis might end up being the best player in this draft class? Is, is that insane to say from a talent perspective? No, I don't think so. I think no, I think we are both of that mind. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a sure thing, but it would the guy that I feel like most interested in seeing, and and I think there's most signs that it's pointing in a good direction is Damian Lewis. I mean, mm. this is a guy they did not have a need at that position, and they used a third round pick on him, and it was out of the blue, but it was a, for a player that's pretty darn good and um, well thought of by everybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons to be hopeful that, that uh, you know, he could end up being a, a really big, not just literally, but a really big part of their offensive line. How about you, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there's a good chance that he's a day one starter. Um, there's a good chance that he's the best player out of this draft for them. Um, yeah, uh, his his tape is pretty impressive. He looks pretty dominant. Um so yeah, I I would not like shy anyone away from having you know fairly high expectations for him right now. Can we go through the cap implications real quick? Yeah, just hit us, to, hit just us, to tell us. people where we're at. So yes. the Justin Britt move, um, we don't know the exact status of his health, and the reason I mention that is if he can be cut and you know he can pass a physical then it'll be an extra 1 million in savings. If he can't pass a physical on being released, it'll be minus $1 million. And that's, you know, very minuscule, but basically the Justin Britt release opens up either 8.5 million or 7.5 million in cap space based on what I just spoke about. And then the DJ Fluker move opens up uh, $3.7 million in cap space. So about 12.18 million in net new cap space that leaves Seattle after the draft and after accounting for practice squad and IR around $20 million in true cap space, which to put it very plainly is more than enough to afford clowny based on what we've heard recently. It, you know, it might not be clowny. It could be Everson Griffin or, or somebody else, or maybe even a trade, but uh, you know, the, the obvious thinking, the obvious speculation here is if they're not going to go into training camp with competition at the right guard and center spot, why would they make the release right now? If another move wasn't pending, you know what I mean? Like why would they do it now? Yeah. This is a great time as a reminder for folks, if you haven't already click the subscribe button, you'll get notified whenever we have these pods that we go up immediately. 
um, and patreon.com slash hawkblogger sign up. We've been doing uh, Slack chats with patrons all through the draft and uh, in between all that kind of stuff. So it's a great time to join. Jeff, yeah, talk about what Evan just brought up. Why now? What does that indicate from your perspective? For me, it just indicates that a move is coming because realistically with the no offseason, Seattle could have taken the approach that let's let all these guys go into camp. Maybe we want the experienced guy like Fluker, or maybe we want Britt around because we don't know how Finney will fit in. The fact that they're willing to do this now has to signal. I know rumors came out that like they did it to give DJ Fluker a head start. I don't, I think it's going to be a while until DJ Fluker gets signed by another team. So I think they're clearing. If you look at their draft and you look what they did, there's three areas to their team. They still didn't address. They didn't address the number one stud pass rusher. They didn't address the defensive tackle in the draft at all. And they don't have an, they didn't bring in a nickel corner. So the fact that they cleared up both might mean more than one move. It might mean two moves. It might mean three moves. But the timing of these moves that they could have done at any point in the offseason, especially the Brit one, where really not much has changed by the draft, that to me indicates that something on one of those three fronts, some people think it could be a defensive tackle, that Chris Jones is a name we've all speculated a lot about. I don't see that happening. I think their picks of Taylor probably takes out Yannick. Taylor looks like more of a Leo. That's where Yannick would have fit in. I think Clowney or Griffin probably makes more sense than those guys. But Chris Jones is still a name. Snacks Harrison's a guy I've talked about all offseason. Matt Judon. Yeah, Matt Judon. They, there's let's, room now to do three things. Let, let's talk about those guys for a second. Because, I mean, we, we're going to go through a bunch of this. But did the Chiefs, if somebody could do this uh, – you know, if, if Jeff, if you can pull up the Chiefs draft class, uh, Nathan, if you can pull up the Ravens draft class, and Evan, if you can pull up the Jaguars draft class, um, let's take a look to see if they made moves, if they added players that would potentially make them uh, more capable or more willing to move on from um, any of those three franchise guys that have been rumored. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Clowney. Um, Griffin, we know is Everson Griffin's a free agent. Well, let's talk about some of those franchise guys for a second to see uh, where I'm, they're at. I'm happy to start with the Jags. Just looking at their top two picks, they went heavy defense. They obviously went CJ Henderson, cornerback, pick nine overall. But the big move is at 20. They went edge. I don't know how to say his last name. Chazen, Chizon, C H I S S O N, C H A I S S O N. You know, he was one player that I think a lot of Seahawks fans were hoping would draft. Um, did they get any other edge players? Did they get any other edge players? No, that was the only one first round. Okay. So for the Ravens, I, I don't see anything on here. Uh, they took uh, Malik Harrison, uh, pick 98. So towards the back of the third round, he's a linebacker at Ohio State. He might be some kind of a pass rusher, but um Nobody that's like strictly a defensive end or anything like that. Okay. And, and same yeah. with the Chiefs. Same with the Chiefs. No defensive lineman drafted. Their first two, three, two of the first three picks were on offense, and they took a linebacker with their second pick. So nothing to indicate they're willing to move on there. Well, so, so that would seem to indicate there's no reason that, that there's a difference for either the Chiefs or maybe even the Ravens. One question for you, Evan, on the cap. I don't know if there's anything like, do you have to be able to start paying the rookies now? Like once you start signing those contracts, is it possible? Because the Chiefs cap situation is pretty dire. 
um, even being able to pay their rookies if that starts hitting now might be a reason why they're they could force some action. So in the off season, there's a rule called the top 51 rule where basically only the top 51 players on your roster account against your salary cap, if that makes sense. Yep. So short answer. Well, Over the uh, cap if has your the first metal. round pick or second round pick is making, you know, a decent chunk of change it would be a top 51 contract. Yes. But I, I guess I don't see your question. You're, are you saying is it, you, is it is it possible that the Chiefs are going to be forced to clear cap room because the draft just completed and they're going to have to pay their first second round picks? Um, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because over the cap literally has them after rookies with like one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars in cap space. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's a really dire situation. Their cap situation's really. That's why I keep bringing up Chris Jones because I'm waiting to see what they do uh do they have to do anything right this second no will they have to do something yes yeah so but there's nothing right now necessarily that would drive that not um, this that's, second, that's what i was no. that's what i was checking on so um a little bit maybe a little bit of a reason for jacksonville to to be more moved on although their general manager said there's very little option for uh Ngakwe. Uh, you know, we're happy to have him when he comes back. I mean, that was his, his quote kind of before the draft. So, you know, basically, basically saying, you know, they're not moving him um, or indicating that. And also saying that they did not receive any trade offers for him, which we don't know if that's true or not, but um, it doesn't seem like there's any smoke around the three franchise guys. So that does seem to, to indicate more that Clowney and Griffin could be the guys. Um or Connie or Griffin how cool would it be if it was both <laughs> but uh, uh what you know we, there is a deadline or there's a, a moment happening tomorrow am I right um you know 1 p.m I think Pacific or Eastern time I can't remember which Pacific 1 p.m Pacific time um who wants to talk about what that deadline is and what it means or that milestone I should say so basically any signings that happen after 1 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow, don't again, don't count against your comp pick uh, formula calculation. So if let's say the Titans sign Clowney tomorrow, he will not count against, you know, any players that the Titans had leave. For example, Jack Conklin signed with uh, the Browns for like 14 million a year or something like that. You know, they'll get, he'll, they'll get like a third or fourth round comp pick for that in the next year's draft. Signing Clowney after 1 p.m. Pacific time next or tomorrow would not would make it so that it wouldn't offset that comp pick, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think the easier way to think about that is the 1 p.m. milestone tomorrow is meaningful for the Titans, not for the Seahawks in terms Correct. of Jadavian Clowney. Correct. Correct. Yes. So what that means is if you're signing someone else's free agent like the Titans would be for Jadavian Clowney it would not count against the comp pick formula for the Titans has no impact on the Clowney situation for the CX other than if Clowney's waiting for that moment to happen to see if he can get a better contract offer for someone else. And if he doesn't, 
then he'll be ready to sign the Seahawks offer. That's the only thing that it means of significance in my mind. Is that track for you guys? 100% agreed with you. And I'm sorry to jump in here real quick because what's going to happen is he'll probably get an increase in, increased offer from the Titans or some other random team around 1 p.m. Pacific time. Now that it's not going to affect the comp calculations. What will happen or what I think would happen was Clowney gets an offer. He goes back to John Schneider and says, hey, I just got this offer. Are you willing to match? And if you're willing to match, I'll stay in Seattle. So I, I sure it's not a firm deadline, but it could absolutely spur some action. Yeah. I mean, is there anything of, so the, the significance for Everson Griffin would be that for Seattle is that the Seahawks could sign Everson Griffin without it counting against the comp formula. Well, I don't think it matters though, because I think they're already not getting any comp picks the way that it is now. Well, was it, was it he cut? So if he was cut, was he cut? Who? Everson, Everson Griffin? Griffin? Or am I? No, I, think he voided no, I thought it was contract. just the end of his contract. He voided his contract. Okay. Got it. So that does impact Seattle then. It does, but it only impacts them if they were due to get any comp picks. And I yeah, don't I don't think they, they are. They brought in a lot of outside nut guys. Yeah, you're right. Because Clowney's not going to sign before one Pacific. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the logic I'm seeing is they're, I mean, do we all agree? Do we all agree they're clearing cap space to make a move? Yes. It would it would go against every grain of my soul. Like, why would they do it right now? This is a this is an organization that chants, you know, always compete in every moment of their life. Like right guard, that was going to be kind of an exciting competition in training camp. I was kind of excited about that. Obviously, that's not going to happen now, but I, I don't even buy like the like Bob. I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw the Bob Condotta tweet like within the last 30 minutes that said they're releasing DJ Fluker early to let him get a head start on signing with a team. Bullshit. Not no offense to Bob. I, I just don't <laughs> buy. I just don't buy it. Like like are you kidding me? Like they don't need that extra money in cap space. They don't. And that would only make sense if it was just Fluker. The fact that Britt's there too, I think that eliminates the whole thing. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say more about that, Jeff. I, I see it the same way. Say, say why. Well, they could have, if I saw Bob Sweet too, and my BS Raider was definitely up, but if they just cut Fluker, they could have just been read the same thing the same way as us. They didn't expect to get Damian Lewis in the draft that came out of left field. He's a guy they can see competing for a starting job. They know Fluker's only got one year left. They can let him go now. But the fact that it's tied to Britt, where nothing in the draft changed his status at all. And the fact that they're also taking out Fluker doesn't mean that the addition of Lewis. So really nothing's changed. They brought in Finney. They have Posick. They have Hunt. Nothing's changed on Britt's front. The fact that it's both of them indicates that they need money to do something else. And they've had a lot of bodies at Leo. They were comfortable talking Mayo at that spot. They were comfortable. They said Daryl Taylor is that's a Leo. That other spot on the defensive line where Clowney or Griffin could play, that's unfilled. Defensive tackle, unfilled. Nickel corner, unfilled. Pete also seemed to indicate something might have another move might have been coming there too yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to. I mean, I think I think that there's reason to think. Wait, what are you going to say, Nathan? No, I think that's interesting. We're all thinking thinking about Clowney, but what if it is a Nickelback or or some kind of a DB situation? Well, yeah, let's let, we might as well talk about that. I, I mean, I think the three possible places. I think Jeff might have been the one that said it. I think nickel corner, defensive tackle. 
and defensive end, right? Those are the three places where they have clear needs and, and could be adding. Um, are there any others that I'm missing? No, I mean, they don't really have their wide receiver situation is yeah. kind of pretty top heavy, but they're not like making any big splash moves there. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they had more than they had plenty of opportunities to do something with that in the draft if they wanted to. And yeah, on the cheap jokes aside, I don't think any of us think that they're going to go get Leonard Fournette or something like that. Right. <laughs> oh, right. Please. No. I mean, come on. You really think, I don't think that they're going to, I don't, but I, but I can hear in your voice that like, they pro they almost almost certainly won't right like you're almost asking for reassurance as much as you are stating it. Like, we all know it's not is it is it like 90 is it's 90 percent not likely but like it's, it's not 100 percent not like i'm seeking for reassurance reassurance primarily that you guys don't think that badly of them that they would go and do that i don't think that's what's let, happening let me put it this way they wouldn't trade for him but if they released him, the Jacks released him. <laughs> oh, you sure as hell bet Leonard Fournette is on a plane to Seattle the next day. Uh, Zero doubt in my Leonard? mind. Leonard. Leonard, yeah. Wait, how do you say his name? Leonard. Leonard. Leonard? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I'm, already I'm already mispronouncing his name. Oh, that is bad news, folks. It's a bad <laughs> oh, man. He's on That's his way nice. to Seattle if, if Evan's mispronouncing his name. Uh, <laughs> so. So back to the likelies, we've got uh, defensive end, we've got defensive tackle, and we've got nickel. I will tell you, I, was tell, I started looking last night, and I was like, wait a second, wait a second. There is a diamond in the rough, at least a small one, um, waiting out there at nickel corner. When I went and looked at who's available, Darkies Denard has been a, a nickel for the Bengals, um, and done pretty well in that spot in fact pff was hyping him up um trying to say that he should go to the redskins and he ended up signing pretty early in free agency um march 17th uh with the jacksonville jaguars and the deal this is the important part the deal for denard three years 13 and a half million dollars six million guaranteed mm. that's not a big deal right and what happened is it fell apart um, related to uh, some sort of, you know, contract detail or something along those lines. And then I think all the COVID stuff happened. He hasn't been able to make any visits or do anything. Um, if the Seahawks want him and he's, you know, he's still available, that's, that's him plus somebody else. They certainly did not need to make these moves to have cap space to sign Darkies Denard. Um, other nickel corner the, that could be of interest, again, not super expensive, Tremont Williams, 37 years old, old as a bone, as my wife likes to say, but played pretty well last year at nickel. And a lot of people in Green Bay expect him to be back with the Packers. Um, he's another nickel that they could be bringing in. Yeah, I, I, I'd be shocked, honestly, if, if the move was a cornerback. It's just. But why are you assuming it's just one? They don't. They they didn't need. If it's Everson Griffin, for example, did they even really need to cut Britt and Fluker? Mm -mm. No. No. I think this is a multiple move. I think this is a multiple move situation, most likely. Who asked a Justin Britt question? That was like a few days ago. It was some reporter. 
and and John Schneider like completely sidestepped the question. Do you guys remember who that was? It was it Joe Fan? Maybe it's Condotta. It. It's just interesting to think about that in, in retrospect the past few days. But um, it should be multiple moves to answer your question, Brian. Like, like there's <laughs> they have the cap space. Why not? Why not reload this defense? Why not add a nickel corner? You know. I mean- are there any other defensive tackles that you guys have your eyes on? I mean, the one that all Seahawks Twitter has kind of been enjoying talking about lately is Snacks Harrison, Damon Harrison. Um, you know, played in Detroit, fell off a little bit. Huge, huge run-stuffing nose tackle. He's not part of the pass rush solution at all, um, but he could be. He could be Al Woods. I mean, I think that's a, a reasonable um, guess. But he's also not going to be that expensive. Like I think. I don't think it's that. I mean, you said we have 20 million in true cap space. We also have the ability. We haven't talked yet about who else might be part of this. We've heard two names. Could KJ Wright be part of this? Could any, could Brandon Jackson be part of this? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now you're just wishing. (laughs) No, no. No wishing. The numbers don't work for Brandon Jackson. I don't, I don't see how he makes the roster anymore. Um, so like, I will throw out there that we all, we kind of dismiss the idea that they're just doing this to let these guys get a jump on the market. I don't actually think that's insane. Um, I think that's more likely than a Fournette trade. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I mean, that's probably not what's going on here, but it like, I'm also not going to be shocked if it turns out that they're just clearing up some cap space and, uh, I mean, yeah, it's real money. Like we, like it's ten million dollars. That's not nothing, right? And I don't know what like they actually have to pay these guys over the next few months, you know, leading up and how that all works out in terms of actual cash flow. But I mean, they are loyal and stuff like that, and they might just be letting these guys get out there and start working the market. I I can buy that argument for Justin Britt. I can't buy that argument for DJ Fluker. Like Damian Lewis is an unproven, you know, NFL player. Of course, we have very high hopes for him, but. Who do we have behind Fluker at right, go- right guard? Is it just Phil Haynes? Like, d- Jermarco Jones. Is or Jermarco Jones, I guess. <laughs> Warmack. Uh, Warmack, I just, if they like him. I, I mean, isn't Fluker still in the top echelon of, of those right guards? Like, you would think. I, no, I don't think. I, I think that's the thing. Like, I, I, Fluker, I don't think he was particularly good last year, and he's injured all the time. So they might just. You, I, I guess what I have a hard time believing is you truly believe like he had a zero percent shot to win that right guard position. No. Like I, why else? Would, why would they cut him then? You know what I mean? If they, if they're not making a move, do you see what I'm saying? Like I mean, just they might literally just be done with him. I I think it's not crazy to think that they that he had a zero percent chance. So they were just, they just knew that they were not going to keep him. Or that they were willing to gamble. Because the other thing is they brought back Upati too, right? And so, I mean, it, again, like, I'm not saying this is probably the case, but it, it's not crazy. Like, <laughs> this could start the whole clowning thing where we're all refreshing Twitter every five minutes and, you know, a week later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, I guess I, I just don't. The, the Seahawks, just based on their, their track record, have they released vets in the past to give them a head start on free agency? Sure. Um, so it, to me, it makes sense from a Fluker perspective because they just drafted a guard that's going to come in and they feel really good about him. And they've also signed a bunch of other guards. So 
That makes some sense. The Brit thing makes no sense to me. Um, there's no reason they had to do that right now. Um, they didn't just get someone new. They could have done this days ago. They could have done this weeks from now, unless there's some sort of roster bonus that he's due coming up in the next week or two. Like, there's no reason. So the only reason you cut two guys on the same day is you're clearing space for something. And you're clearing if you're clearing space of over $10 million, like that's not, and you already had space, you're not clearing that for one guy. They're not gonna go, we already know they're not gonna pay Clowney 20 million or 17 million. Their last offer from all reports is like 13 to 14 million a year, right? And I, I think it's highly unlikely to expect he's gonna get more than that. So, I mean, I think this is a multiple move situation. Um, I think it definitely could be for one. I mean, I think edge rusher is the obvious number one reason. That'd be the most expensive move they can make. If you had to guess right now, which do you think is more likely? Jadavian Clowney or Everson Griffin? With the amount of money they're clearing, I think it would be Clowney, right? Like, I mean... They don't need to. It doesn't seem like they need to do all of this, even just for Clowney. But like, and so maybe I think the multiple moves thing is probably right, or maybe right. But uh, yeah, I think Clowney has to be the more likely, especially with kind of the deadline around the Titans. How much do you think Griffin? I want to hear from the other you guys, but on that point, how much do you guys expect Griffin to to get? Like, I'm expecting him to be like 10 million a year. Yeah, like not much less lesser than Clowney. Like, the Ziggy deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's what I would have said. The Ziggy deal. It'll be like a nine or ten base with like two to three million in incentive. I think it could be like ten that. to twelve. I think he's in a different he's not injured the way Ansa was injured. Sure. I think he could be but he's older and I mean had some issues. Fair. I mean, fuck it. Sign both. Why the hell not? I mean, really? Why not? But then how are you gonna have space for Benson Mayoa to, to get <laughs> Yeah, it's a real head scratcher. All right, are, are we talking about the wrong Griffin? Could this be a quill extension? Was it that one kick in until next year? Wouldn't it? Why would why would that create why would that create a need for this much? Yeah, space? they have a lot of money coming yeah. off next year anyway. So so Evan, I mean, let's get back to Quill in a second. I think that's a good question, Nathan. But uh, Evan and Jeff, I want to hear from you two. Are you expect if you had to guess right now, do you think this is for Clowney or do you think it's for Griffin? Everson Griffin. I don't want to be a buzzkill, but I think it's for Griffin. Me too. That's I my re- guess. I when really John don't. was talking about Clowney yesterday, he kept talking in the past tense and he just looked shell-shocked both times. It's like that pre-draft interview. You guys saw He's, that? Did you see him yesterday too? No, I didn't, but was he just Same a thing. somber? Yeah. Uh, someone brought it up again. He just looked so mad. Yeah, he basically said it was nobody's fault. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it wouldn't shock me if it's Clowney, but um, I think the best guess is this is Griffin. Like they're they're ready to make that. I think I think they're they're gonna give Clowney this one last moment, maybe. And assuming that he decides not to go their direction, I think they'll just make make the move to Griffin. And if that's the case, guys, that's a pretty big deal. Like. 
we didn't necessarily expect them to make either move based on how things were going. Um, but let's let's let, we'll, we'll come back and talk about Everson Griffin for a second and what that would mean. Let's get back to Nathan's question. Evan, you signed Shaquille Griffin to an extension right now, mm-hmm. which, by the way, John Schneider was asked about and de- declined to make any comments. Um, uh, he would get he's in the fourth year of his rookie contract. The way extensions work, you get a signing bonus, right? Um, some of that signing bonus does count the year that you sign the extension. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me, let me break down this situation very simply for you guys. So the difference with extensions for rookies is pretty much anybody who was drafted below the first round is going to have, sh- you know, smaller cap hits just because their contracts are smaller. So for example, Shaquille Griffin's 2020, you know, cap hit is $2.3 million, like really nothing, you know, bottom 5% of the roster. uh, 98% of that is in base salary. Basically what I'm trying to say is in a new deal, he's going to get some signing bonus that is like, let's just say 16 million over four years or something like that. That would automatically, so that signing bonus, signing bonus is evenly prorated over the life of the contract. So 16 divided by four is $4 million per year. So what I'm trying to say is that very small cap hit is going to increase. The only way you can decrease a cap hit in an extension year for a player during an extension is if they're already a veteran and making a ton of money. Does that make sense? So like when Russell Wilson was recently extended, they lowered his cap hit because he had a super high base salary. So they brought like his $20 million base salary down to, you know, some low number and then offset it, the cash flow issue for the player by giving him a large signing bonus. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, so, and so the net, the net is for if Griffin was getting a deal, it would require as much as four or five million extra in cap space. I think you nailed it. Yeah, something like that. So that's that's not insignificant. Um, Definitely and, not. And to Nathan's point, that could be part of it. That could be one of the moves beyond just signing a player. Well, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up because, like, his response to that question the other day was so weird. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't John just say like, you know, I I can't why wouldn't he just say like, yeah, we're working on an extension for him. Like, like, haven't they talked about that openly with other players? Am I, I, am like I they're, pre- they're typically cagey about the extension. Yeah. Plans. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't talk about internal business until it's done. Um, I just thought his response was weird. They might want to see how he plays again this year. Cause really this 2008 was so different than 2009. Maybe they want to. You're talking 2018 versus 2019. Yes, correct. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Decades off. My decades off. So maybe they want to see how he does again. And they have Dunbar as kind of a fault. If Dunbar just comes in, he's better than Griffin. That brings up an interesting scenario for him. It would be far more interesting if they extended Dunbar and not Griffin. <laughs> that, I'd be really that's upset. Really interesting room. moments in the locker room. Oh, I'd be so angry. That's how you Why? Second best corner in the league, Evan. Dunbar could Would absolutely be, be better than Griffin. Yeah, but he's way older, isn't he? Way older? So. Yeah, Dunbar's oh. like 28. How old is Shaquille Griffin? Now you've got me like frantically Googling. Shaquille Griffin is 24. I, Dunbar's I, 27. So they're three years apart. That's a big deal for in the in the life of a corner. Big deal. Yeah, agreed. 
I let me be. I, I'm sounding outrageous right now. I would love to see them extend both. <laughs> I'm serious. I really would. I like yeah. good corners. Um, well, so here could be it could be an extension. Um, I don't think that there's anyone else that really makes sense to extend. But but those two two guys have been discussed. Um, we only know about Britt and and um, Fluker. Are there any other? Well, there is one other extension that they could do. Oh, God. <laughs> don't say Chris Carson. There's no way. No way. It, it is. They could do it. They yeah. would not yeah. extend an injured player. There's no way. Do you think it's more likely that they trade for Leonard Fournette or uh, <laughs> and Chris Carson? <clears throat> Fucker. I think it, it is highly unlikely to extend an injured player. I, I've never seen that done. But it, it, you're not wrong for bringing. <laughs> you're not. We're all we all have that fear in the back of our heads. Um. So I mean, KJ writes the other one that that's come up a fair amount. Um, if they were to cut KJ Wright, you're basically saying either Cody Barton or uh, Jordan Brooks is starting this year, right? It would have to be Jordan Brooks. I don't know that it would have no. to be. No. Not know. even for in KJ. Yeah. If KJ is the one that goes, it's I think Barton has the inside track. Oh, okay. I'd bet on Brooks. <laughs> you know my questions about Barton, but but I do think that Barton is definitely part of that competition and would be the initial penciled in starter until Brooks proved otherwise. Um seems like Matt Flynn there. I mean, and that would be Eight and a half million cap savings. No, sorry, that was Brit. Uh, it would be six and a half million cap savings if they cut right. They don't seem to need that much cap space. The only thing they could do is, I mean, they, you know, they could net that cap space and just roll it over to the next year. But I don't, I don't think that benefit is worth it in in hindsight of how, like KJ Wright probably had the best year of his career last year. He really did. Like, he was I don't insane. think it was the best year of his career. He had some. He had some of his best numbers, but no. Like I, I don't think that's that hot of a take. He was. It's really a debatable take. Year. I will give you that. But from my like, in terms of being in his prime and the types of plays he was able to make when he was younger versus the sure. types of plays he made last year, I can't go there with you. But I, you're not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, I, I just think relative to his play last year, like he might be worth keeping. Well, yeah, and there's other guys. I mean, the other guys that are worth talking about that, I mean, a lot of the RFAs. We talked about that's what I was, that's that would be $2 million. That's not nothing. Hollister. Um, what's that? Hollister. Hollister. Hollister is $3.3 million that you would gain from letting him go. I don't. They certainly don't need him right now. Um, so that that's another one that seems like – and if you did Hollister and Jackson, there's your – Quill extension money if you needed it. So, um, anyway, what are other moves they could make? Yeah, um, I, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Is Bradley McDougald safe? No. They save over $4 million by cutting him. Who? It depends. Safety other than Diggs and Blake. Yeah, I think he is. They don't have the numbers there. I don't think they have other options that's, unless they decide Amadi's a safety, which he played a little bit in camp, but I don't think that's his role. If 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 they don't like McDougal's knee situation, though. 
that that would be the thing because i mean he seemed to decline quite a bit uh physically I mean, last year. we also have another star safety delano hill he's pretty good so <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a lot of people have been speculating that if they're doing something schematically different maybe it's a three safety look in nickel hmm well, I'm looking at which which safeties are available in free. There are some decent safeties still available. Rashad Jones is not a bad safety. He's older, but he's not bad. Tony Jefferson, uh, not the worst safety in the world. Eric Reed, who eh. – um, Do you guys think this could be Chris Jones? Let me is that this unheard way. of? Let me put it this way. That would be the firecracker move. <laughs> like, that would be, like – you get Chris Jones, I would be one and a half times more excited than if they signed Clowney. Oh, strong agree. Strong agree. Strong agree. I'd be on the fucking hype train. <laughs> yeah, because that changes me? the The train's already kind of moving for you, Evan. I've seen it start to happen. It's not quite at full. It depends full what they do next. It's, it's, it depends it's, what they do next. The wheels are starting to turn a little bit. What can I say? They're doing smart things, and smart things arouse me. So I'm getting hope. I'm getting hope here. I hear you, dude. What were you going to say, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Nathan Ernst? You, you seemed like you were about to say something about Chris Jones and, and thought better of it. No, 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 no. I mean, the he does make sense, though, right? Because this is a like a one-move thing. Like you're, like you're saying, they're, they're opening up a ton of space here. It, I don't know if it gets them quite to Chris Jones money, but uh, if it is just a single move, you would they would have to do these things for Jones. So that maybe kind of makes you think maybe it is Jones. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's a good point that if it's if it's a one move thing, Chris Jones is you know Chris Jones or uh, Ngakwe would be the two guys because both of those guys are not going to be acquired and then just signing their tender. They're going to be signing an extension. I just don't uh, see. I don't see Anik. The way they were talking about Taylor, I, I they don't play two Leos. Yeah, but guys, Taylor is a rookie. Frank Clark. I know, but they just traded up in the draft. Rotated in. I don't think that that. I don't think. I don't that, know. Are you going to pay twenty million dollars a gonna year? Be a starting to, player. Sorry, Jeff. What you're saying? I just don't see him playing twenty million dollars a year to block the guy you just traded up for in the draft. Fair. You're not wrong. Fair. I think that's I think that's a fair take, and they also were pretty clear in their their press conferences that they're not really into paying big money to outside free agents. Um, uh, so, there. Ha- I mean, I don't think they've paid a pass rusher that kind of change yet, right? Like, they the highest they went with for Frank Clark. Yeah, the highest they went with was Michael Bennett at like. 13 a year something like that right i don't know if bennett ever got over 10 did he i with thought he got 339 with with us before being traded to the eagles maybe right I, I, or, he, or got, three, he got two deal, two different deals it was like yeah. 336 or something like that yeah well interesting so <laughs> All right, so so we all, other than Nathan, think it's probably Griffin. Um, I think, would you be more excited if it was Clowney or Griffin? Oh, Clowney, for sure. Clowney? Everybody? Clowney. Definitely. Agreed. If it is Clowney, 
how do well let me ask you this what is your grade for the seahawks offseason right now including the brit and fluker moves without knowing what the corresponding move is what is your grade for the seahawks offseason right now after a complete draft after most of free agency i'd give them like a b cautiously hopeful i'm still down in the the d plus range oof really yeah yeah, I mean, it, it was just a, 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 an offseason where they had a ton of opportunity and they didn't do anything bad. They did mostly fine things, right? Smart things. And that's good. Uh, but I don't think that they've maximized this offseason at all. I, I, thought, I think they had an opportunity to go from a very good team to a great team. And as of right now, they haven't done that. But Jeff, the- go ahead. Go ahead. I have to, I have to fight Nathan on this. So Nathan, you're a passing lover. You're a notorious passing lover. Okay. The Seahawks paid a fifth round pick for the second best corner in 2019, a 27 year old corner, one of the best in the NFL. Is that not a major acquisition that like gets you stoked? Because that's what makes me give them a B. And and I would be in the D range. I I honestly believe the Quentin Dunbar move is is the justification for that difference there. Like, do you not I'm think? Pause Miley- you guys for a second. We've got some folks very uh, uh, excitedly posting that um, Justin Britt has posted a peace sign on his Instagram story. Ooh. So uh, just want to share uh, the the news that's breaking um, as it's breaking. While you you. guys are looking at that, um, Jeff, I I guess my grade for the Seahawks after a completed draft for the offseason to this point with the Brit move, I would say I'm I'm at a C. Hmm. And and the reason I'm at a C is similar to where Nathan is. I think he's just a little bit of a harder grader than me. I think that this this offseason set up perfectly for them to be able to address their biggest need, which was pass rush. Um, And... I think that they, to this point, have done a really poor job of doing that. I think I like the Benson Mayoa and Bruce Irvin picks uh, pickups as additional depth and rotation. I think that's exactly the kind of guys to get, but they're missing an alpha. And so to me, they're a C, uh, you know, with where they are right now. Where are yeah. you? I would go C plus. Uh, similar reasons to what you guys said all across the board. I love the Dunbar move. The draft has actually been growing on me a little more the more I think about it. There's a lot of more upside that guys I'm excited about. Um, I like some of the things they did at tight end. I like their O-line. I like some of the transition they're making to more pass protecting guys. I mentioned Steve Hutchinson influence a lot. I think that's changed the way they've kind of evaluated offensive linemen. Um, but yeah, the whole offseason to me shook down on fixing their biggest area was the pass rush. We all went over. We thought they were going to be very aggressive to do it. All of a sudden, though, to me, the Brit thing really changes things if it translates into a pass rusher. Because all of a sudden, if you have, say, Clowney or Griffin, Mayoa, Irvin, Taylor, who knows if Robinson's anything, that's pretty. That's a pretty big upgrade to what they had last year, right? Yeah, and, and uh, I like agree. Way deeper. Agree. That's four NFL potential quality rushers. Yeah, and uh, Evan, you want to share what you just uh, shared with us? 
Yeah, just confirmation from Bob Condotta that the Justin Britt release is coming or it's about to be official, basically. Okay. This is big. This is big. Um, I mean, how big? I had them maybe, I was at like a C minus. Yeah, that's probably where I was. Close to a D plus before the Brit move. Like to yeah, me, that's linchpin moves for them to make um, to see that they're going to shift that cap space elsewhere. Now let's play this game. If they announce that they've signed Clowney tomorrow, where is your grade? C plus for me. I, th I think that raises it a full grade. How much yeah. more did you expect them to do with the pass rush than they've done if they get Clowney? I, I really thought they could do Clowney and a Quinn or somebody like that. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm a little too hard. Maybe they're more of the B minus range um, because they did get Dunbar. They did do some smart stuff on the offensive line um, to get. I, I I don't know like how. This is the hard thing, right? Like the shell signing is smart. They let a Fetty go. They got a guy that's at probably at least as good as a Fetty for, well, it turns out more than what a Fetty got, <laughs> but a fraction of what, you know, you know, uh, Fant or some of the other more mediocre right tackles got. But like at the end of the day, you've still just got shell. And so I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, C plus B minus, you know, if they can get clowny um, or make some kind of other big splash move. Um, I'll go. I'll take the same approach as Nathan. I'll go full grade up. I'll go from C plus to B plus. Because as, as I was just saying, if you have Clowney, um, Irvin, Mayoa, and then Taylor, I don't know if Taylor's any good yet. I'm still, but he's a young guy with upside and some juice off the edge. To me, that's a pretty big upgrade to what they had last year, where they was basically Clowney and nothing. And then if Green emerges, and that's a lot better than what they had last year. And then you combine that with Dunbar and some of the things they've done offensively. It's a pretty good offseason. Yeah, they've made a lot of smart moves, obviously, outside of what we felt like was completely neglecting, complete negligence to the pass rush. So if they re-sign Clowney, you know, and it's a reasonable deal, it comes in at like $15 million a year over, you know, a multi-year deal, which is significantly lower than what we all projected and expected. Uh, I'd probably move it to like a B plus. And I'd probably adjust my original uh, grade to like a B minus. So I, it almost swings at a full grade for me. Yeah. I mean, if they sign Clowney and they, and we just had this draft that they just got and they've, you know, cut Brit, <clears throat> all that stuff. I think they're in the B plus range for me easily. And I think what gets it into like, the last question in the last couple minutes uh, here that I, for you guys to think about, what gets it to an A? Is it possible even to get it to an A? To me, if they were to get Clowney and they were able to sign a quality nickel, um, like in Darkies Denard or someone like that, um, and they get a quality defensive tackle, um, you know, that the seems like a guy that could be part of that rotation, I think that's an A off season for me. So, and follow up to that, Nathan, I, I want your opinion on this. Say, say the Seahawks re-sign Clowney and sign Everson Griffin to a one-year deal. Okay, and that all happens in the next two weeks. Those are the only remaining moves that happen. Where would you grade Seattle? B plus, something like that, yeah. right in there. I mean, 
they don't have a nickel corner like that is still a massive concern like that that is something that they've completely neglected and that didn't go great for them last year so to me i think to get up to an a they do need to something need, do need to do something to address that position whether it's denard or something else um you know signing Clowney and griffin when you already went out and got mayoa and irvin and you drafted taylor like at that at some point you're only your your improvements here are, are getting smaller and smaller right more and more marginal so um doing both of those guys I, that'll be good but it's not going to be like uh it's not going to really like drastically change my opinion yeah i mean regardless though you know taking us away from the speculation front i think this offensive line has the potential and i might regret these words has <laughs> like the potential to be the best offensive line russell wilson has had in his NFL career. The best pass protecting offensive line. I think that's yes. a real, that's a real shot. Yes. I mean, Depends on Dwayne Brown. Yeah. I mean, you've had the best one they've had is probably back in the Super Bowl days when they had Max Unger and they had, um, you know, Breno Giacomini yes. who, who was challenged, yes. but was better than a lot better than a Fetty. And they had Okung who was good, but not as good as Dwayne Brown, in my opinion. Um, when Dwayne Brown's playing well, um, but they all that those lines also had like Paul McQuiston and and like you know, like I can't even remember who the, 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 some of the guards that were in, uh, like Sweezy, um, Alvin Bailey, Gallery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I think this this definitely looks like it could be the best interior line that Russell's ever had. Is that at least fair? The definitely has the ceiling the has potential is there for sure but like it's also kind of a low bar right i mean <laughs> yeah but let's raise it yeah <laughs> let's for sure raise it. yeah, yeah but i mean like there's there's sorry go ahead jeff i just said that's funny how every scenario we always do always has the lowest bars like well it's not as bad as a penny uh yeah i mean i don't know i'm excited for this offensive line um but like you are looking we're, we're pinning some hopes on guys who haven't played a lot um some later round picks uh brandon shell uh i think jets fans would be laughing at us quite a bit right now if they heard us talking about oh man chance to be the best and we're gonna you know we got stalwart brandon shell at right tackle like they were pretty happy to get rid of that guy so uh i, I think optimistically yes and you know russ having a somewhat we've always said like what if russ had a competent offensive line especially pass pro right and i think that that is realistic here so uh it's good so is it going to be what you potty finney lewis is that what we all expect at this point i think ideally you get marco in there somewhere haynes 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 or, or Warmack are both totally possible. Yeah, it's possible you potty doesn't I think if you potty starts, it's a it's a it's disappointing. Okay, so what's your ideal offensive line left or right? Dwayne Brown, Phil Haynes, Finney, uh, Lewis, and Jamarco Jones. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot more upside there. Damn. It is, a, it is an offensive line unlike any of the Seahawks will have rolled out um, 
you know, in, in recent history. I really wish someone had asked Pete Carroll about Jamarco Jones and and potential impact to him. Um, there is some chance that Fluker, these moves with Fluker, decrease the chance that Jones is going to be a right tackle and we'll be back in the mix at guard. But um, I'm hoping that's not true. Uh, all right, guys, I need to go back and uh, hang with the fam. Um, so we will uh, promise to come back on if any major news breaks uh, that needs to be discussed. Uh, we will definitely, I'm pretty sure we'll end up having a pod this week at some point. Um, hopefully it's tomorrow. And hopefully we're talking about uh, a big addition for this team, maybe two big additions for this team. Uh, it's time to start getting excited. Uh, and <laughs> then it's going to be time to hope the season actually happens so we get to watch the team play. Uh, with that, uh, please go ahead, subscribe, like the video, leave comments, uh, iTunes, Spotify, um, any place that you are, uh, subscribe to us. Join over at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. We'd love to see you there. I'd love to chat with you. So till then, take care. Have a great rest of your evening. Go Hawks.